the CEO is like, would email me saying, I sold these shares because of this or whatever. I started to get such a following through Yahoo message boards, but like I would post and the stocks would move. What is up futurists? This is your host, Michael Sakan, founder and CEO of Our Future. We're the go-to podcast and media brand for young business leaders looking to unlock their future with short, exciting, and fresh stories told by yours truly. And today I have a phenomenal guest for you guys, an awesome, insane entrepreneur. And his name is Jason Rasnick. Jason is a graduate of the University of Michigan, and he's launched two successful internet businesses since he founded Benzinga. Benzinga is a next-gen media company he founded in 2010 that covers financial markets. Benzinga currently serves over 25 million readers in over 125 countries each month. Jason is known as a contributor in the financial world, as a legendary investor, and he really is such a beast. In this podcast, we're offering our first ever Our Future exclusive internship opportunity. If you're obsessed with the stock market and want to write about finance and get paid to write about the stock market, Jason is looking for writers to come aboard the Benzinga ship to create awesome content. If you're a college kid obsessed with finance, find the link to apply to this internship after you listen to this podcast in the link in description. Please enjoy this conversation. Uh, Let's talk about before Benzinga, all right? So you went to business school, was working for a big company kind of your your vision? I mean, where, where did you see yourself when you were 20? I like solving problems and creating solutions to tools. I always envisioned myself of going into companies that were failing and um, helping to fix them. So at one point I wanted to work for a couple of private equity funds and then a couple of activist hedge fund managers, Dan Loeb and Bob Chapman. But while I was in college, I started an online textbook store that became very popular. I didn't have much money. And so I was like, how do I get the word out for 600 bucks? So I went to Kinko's and did this whole thing with, you know, when you went to the Notre Dame game, there was there was two by fours in the ground with poster board with our name and we sold thousands of textbooks, but not only, you know, people need to see your name a few times before they start to recognize it. So I also hired airplanes to fly over the game. Um, I, they wanted like 1200 bucks. I said I had 250 bucks. I called the three companies that morning, Friday morning. They called me up Friday night and said, oh, we'll do it for 250. But that's an example of stuff that I was doing back then and then had other internet related businesses that did well. But I always had a passion for the stock market because I'm really good at finding undervalued companies that are like small caps that people don't know exist. I mean, it's really easy to go find the ones that everyone's talking about on Twitter or TV, but it's harder to go find out the ones that I would find. I read an article on Benzinga talking about how you were super hot on a company that was allowing for video and chat functionality built into online platforms. I can't remember what it was, but it, it, it speaks to the clubhouse trend. I think it was called a Agora, 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 Agora API. They're like the technology. It's, it's a little bit they're like the technology. Yeah. Let's go back to what you said about solving problems. Like whenever I talk with people about creating content, I like talking about it through the lens of solving a problem. Like what we want to do is solve for the lack of content designed for Gen Z's to get into the business world and to start businesses. That's what that's the, what the equation we want to solve for. What was the equation you wanted to solve for with Benzingo when you started the company all those years ago? And were you looking at it more as we're going to create interesting, disruptive content or we're going to create an interesting, disruptive tool? But I was really good at finding small cap stocks. Um, so when I was in the online dating space, I found the, all the public companies, OTC, whatever, that were small cap. And I lived on East University. So I emailed these guys and I would like say I'm East Capital and I would ask some questions. I'd learn about it. And then I would post to Yahoo message boards. After 9-11, I was home. And I was searching defense stocks, security stocks. 
And I started to get such a following through Yahoo message boards. The CEO is like Dr. Ted Prosiva, Verstar, would email me saying, I sold these shares because of this or whatever. And I, I didn't know this at the time, but like I would post and the stocks would move a decent amount. I like say 10,000 in the market, so it didn't matter for me. And so that's an example where I should probably go into a hedge fund because like I was really good at finding these stocks and I'm were you, pretty good. So you were like Wall Street bets before uh, that had even become the buzzword of the, of the month. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that do heavy research. I'm really good at finding fundamental stuff. Like I like pitched the idea of like, let's create a content service for small cap stocks. And so we could have stayed in that niche of just small cap stuff. So that was the thing. Like I was like, if I can move the market and I, the, 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 these small cap stocks are not being covered in the right way, the, everyone covers the Googles, the Apples, you know, the Facebooks, they're not covering these small caps. So that's how it really, um, the idea came about. Now, the other part of it is the, um, over time, the brokerage industry changed and they said, the brokerage said, if you can cover, if you can provide us a full financial newsfeed of the markets, we'll use you. So companies like TradeStation, Interactive Brokers, um, Ameritrade, uh, E-Trade came to us, Robinhood, later Webull, you know, public, all these companies came to us and were one of their main vendors. We're probably one of the largest news vendors in the North American brokerage space. Um, so we could have stayed, we could have stayed in the niche of small cap, but if we wanted to not just go raise money, we wanted to like provide a service and do it better than others. So now we're arguably the, news the largest a service. That's what you nailed down. You built a scalable product within media that was like, it was something, it was like a product, like a, like a piece of almost like technology that you could license out. I, I love that. And you were, it, it, you were before all these apps that needed content to keep people in them. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it was to solve a problem that there was a lack of small cap content. And so we solved the problem. And Tom Sosnoff, who was the head of uh, Thinkorswim at the time, saw it, he was like, loved it. And he knew right away that it was something meaningful and people weren't doing it, you know, because at the end of the day, the traffic, you, you know, if you want traffic, you're going to get traffic on articles on Tesla or Taser and all that stuff. So we focused on, on solving a problem. I love it. I love how you look at the content game, like solving a problem. But there's also an element of Benzinga that offers data, tools, things that are like Bloomberg terminal type stuff. Like where did that come in? Because that's another scalable B2B or B2C product that's different from content creation. Yeah, Benzinga Pro is probably one of the fastest growing financial platforms. Thousands and thousands of people are on it. It's a premium platform. So here, here's another thing. We, we built this newswire and we are breaking stories. We have access to CEOs. We're breaking stories all the time. So how do we get that in the hands of people? Well, we had a reseller that was selling our newsfeed, but they weren't selling it that fast. It wasn't really growing. It was growing a little bit. And I kept like, you know, trying to get them to sell it more. And it just wasn't the case. So we needed a way to show our news without advertisements. And we needed to show it streaming. You know, it's a streaming data content platform. And so to solve for that, we had to build our own platform. And to show that, and that's how Benzinga Pro came about. Um, I mean, the other side of it is you want to see if people are willing to pay for your content to see if it's a value, but we needed a way to show our content. And that was the start of Benzinga Pro. Like an API that would hook up the other sites. Is that what you're talking about? Like some kind of tech that would enable it to no. be po posted elsewhere or just for your own site? If we're trying to sell news, like how do we, sh how do we show, how do we show potential customers our newsfeed? How do we show that? So on Benzinga.com, it's not, 
the best place to show it because you know there's advertisements there's that kind of stuff we needed a way to be able to have it in a term like in a in a terminal say this is what it looks like if you have benzinga pro in your benzinga news in your in your own terminal so if you're using e-trade you want to see how our news would look we needed a way to show it the reseller wasn't out there aggressively selling us and so that was the start of benzinga pro the first way we built it was bad technology and stuff, but then we rebuilt it. Love it. And and yeah. it has and it has a ton of data in there. I mean, like a ton of data, and and it's real time streaming, alertings, every, so you're everything. Pulling, you're pulling this from other data providers. So we we are a data provider. We we do provide the news, but we also we built a whole calendar team because um, like earnings dates, analyst ratings. Uh, price targets, uh, corporate events, uh, conference calls, earnings transcripts. So we, at, in the beginning, we would rely on like say Reuters for earnings dates. Well, they had this company Green Mountain Coffee, GMCR earnings date wrong twice. And then we had it wrong because we were using their data. Well, we gotta be better and we can't have the mistakes so the brokerage is not gonna be happy with us. So this is about five, six years ago. So I'm like, okay, what can we do? And so we built a data team. You know, we're, we're doing, you know, you like earnings, like just happened at four o'clock. Right. And so if I had Benzinga pro up, you would see like 70 items come out because we're out there covering all the state. Yes. Cause we are, we had the wrong data from another vendor. And so I don't want to rely on a wrong vet. It's like how Elon Musk, he didn't like how, the, you know, how cars or this took so long or how, you know, if you got sound in your car and you got a third party aftermarket, it didn't go throughout the car. So he built the car around the speakers. So we vertically integrated and built a data team of about 25 people that aren't just doing earnings data. They're doing the whole, all the corporate events. So if you're looking for when like the next, like say a company reports earnings, you'll see a lot of places have the wrong data. We call on the company. We do all this type yeah. of stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and so it, by the way, in hindsight, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm not saying it was like the, um, it was a means to an end to solve for this issue of incorrect stuff. You know, other people may scrape data. They may scrape it from three sites and there's a lot of other ways to do it. We didn't cheat the system. We actually built the whole thing. And that's good. High quality data is a lot better than a jumble of, of information, right? And I, I know, I, it, it ideally, but the chat before you go, the ideally, but the challenge is how do you let people know that your data is of higher quality? Right. That's a challenge. Right. And then that's another part of your, your distribution and the brand you're building as well. It's funny. My, my buddy works at uh, state street and they have five people go through all that stuff to just check dates and numbers. Exactly. It's, it's, so it's a meticulous so. process that like is very, could, could mean a serious, serious mistake for the business. I mean, we have systems built to compare us to competitors. We know what our accuracy is. And um, it's, you know, quite like, it's a impressive operation. But like, we're covering something in real time. So we're going to make mistakes. So is Dow Jones. So is Reuters. You know, like, they're all going to make, everyone will make mistakes and then correct it in, in some manner. But the you know? key is internal tools of high quality. Like, that's what I admire, like, about a company that you've been able to build. Like, you're able to do everything custom. And you don't have to depend on these other like vendors who just serve all these other people. You can yeah. make custom solutions for your business to compete with the other big players. And we're a media company. And when you have a new product to announce, we're going to write about it. We're not going to say, go buy this product, but we'll, we'll write about it. Just like when you're in locally in Michigan, the Detroit Free Press. If you're a company moving, you reach out to the media and they'll write about it. Like it's not saying go buy this software. It's not a recommendation, but let's just say um, 
uh, gg.com wanted to get financial data, they could go look at us or competitors and the competitors may show up first because that's all they do is sell the data. They get it from us. They not only get data, but they can get access to articles or be in our small cap events or be in our, we have a, we have an event Thursday and Friday with 8,000 people in that's it why, or, that's be, why or be, or be on our shows. Like the, the we have a all day show of, uh, you know, it's amazing stuff that like, I saw that we Mia have Khalifa to. on there. It's funny. Uh, Mia, Mia Khalifa liked one of my TikToks, So I was happy to see her on one of your shows. Um, so, I didn't know who she. I didn't know who she was um, before, like until well, the day she before. Was, she was after your time, man. Don't worry about it. You don't need. You don't need to have known who she was. That's for. That's for the younger guys. So, uh, anyhow, uh, very very impressive, man. I, that's why I love media. You get to be like a kingmaker, and you get to offer a dual benefit, especially if you can figure out if there's a service you can provide as well as just doing media. So, I, we're experimenting with things, but one thing we did is like we've been pairing uh, companies with interns through our audience, and that service is put atop giving PR to the companies that we recruit with. So that's just a similarity I see. Wait, so, so you said you're, you're pairing interns with, well, it's just, it was just a way for me to scrappy way to make money with my current brand. Right. Yeah. Yep. You're paying, you're pairing interns with who you said again, uh, interns with, with startups and companies. Uh, they can get really smart college kids who listen to our yep. podcast and read our newsletter. Um, totally. and then connecting them. No and then we'll also bring them on the podcast to sell their products and discuss their products um whilst giving an ad for the opportunities that they need no um, brainer no brainer yeah. the question that i have now for you is we're kind of moving away from um and this is something we both have to contend with um individuals are becoming the voice of the media so we're having independent tiktok creators reporting on the news from their phone and that being the way someone figures out about the news now we're having personalities instead of brands become the voice of information in the world. So how is, how have you kind of understood that recently? And I know you guys have done more TikTok and more content. Like how do you see media companies being brands going forward when there's somebody can pick up a phone and just do a podcast or a, you know, a video on TikTok to, to deliver the same information that you already reported, but this person hasn't seen yet. It's kind of like, like I talked with the small cap content, but that, trend i guess i saw way before most things and so i didn't believe the smartest people are in a newsroom so i crowdsourced people from around the world so like we have a cannabis product the 420 investor that's probably one of the most popular products in the world and we've thrown multiple cannabis events we've had we've helped raise over 150 million dollars for cannabis companies um that started by finding alan brockstein and the cannabis side of things and finding other experts because i don't believe the smartest people are in our room so we crowdsource personalities not people knowledgeable about certain things and they either contribute content they join us fully um i believe personalities are awesome that's why i have these guys on my you know the show and give recommendations um but yeah it's a changing uh media landscape and it'll continue to change so yeah. personalities do do help you want to know the people's biases but um personalities can do very well and then it gets crowded but that's why when i started this I didn't believe the smartest people were just in a room. You know what I mean? I thought there were, there were people around the world and I crowdsourced to bring them on board. So let's, and let's just end the official interview with uh, your piece of career advice. I'm going to edit out the EV stuff too. What is your piece of career advice and probably the Detroit stuff? What is your piece of career advice to someone who wants to start a company in college right now? Maybe 21, 22, maybe just what is any young person, maybe they don't even think of themselves as an entrepreneur yet. 
so there should be so much more, so many more businesses created. You don't need to have these huge ass companies. There can be so much more entrepreneurial things, services created to solve problems. There's so many services that need to be created today to solve problems. And I would think uh, my piece of advice would be continue to learn, do stuff that challenges you and don't be afraid to make mistakes. But most importantly, ask for feedback on how you can do something better. Even if you did it perfect, just seek feedback on how you can do it better. You ask anyone to what some of you can do better or what have you. Don't necessarily have to listen to it, but like take the feedback, go after it, you know, look for challenges. I mean, I was told I couldn't do this when I was in first grade and I couldn't do that. I couldn't do this. I couldn't, my, they told my parents I'll never be able to read, um, all this kind of stuff, you know? And so that stuff should motivate you. And then if you have any like smart driven kids that are, let me know as well. Need writers at the very least. You need writers. Stock, stock, stock market nerds. How many do you want? Hundred? No, I don't know. Five. Five really good business and stock market three, writers. Three. Yeah, three, five. I mean, if you have a graphic designer that was really good and passionate, I would take that too. Ladies and gentlemen, you just learned from Jason Rasnick, the incredible entrepreneur and the founder of Benzinga. In this podcast, we're offering our first ever Our Future exclusive internship opportunity. If you're obsessed with the stock market and want to write about finance and get paid to write about the stock market, Jason is looking for writers to come aboard the Benzinga ship to create awesome content. If you're a college kid obsessed with finance, find the link to apply to this internship after you listen to this podcast in the link in description. Please can you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? It would mean a lot. Thank you for listening guys. Be with you again soon and you have to do one thing and that is to stay frosty guys. All right. I'm out.